Welcome to episode 40 of the Blues Brothers podcast, the show that talks all things football and, of course, Chelsea FC, with discussions, questions and debates for your listening pleasure. Made by the fans, for the fans. And the podcast is going back to back for the first time in its history with guests this week, and I cannot wait to reveal this one. As it is our penultimate episode of the season, we needed a late goal to please the fans, and it's fair to say we have delivered tenfold with our guests for today's show. This man needs no introduction, working the music business for nearly two decades, Brit Awards nominee and multi-platinum selling artist, writer and producer, one half of the band Kaleidoscopes and co-writer and co-producer of without doubt the biggest banger of the year so far with Joel Corey's head and heart. We are super excited for this one and welcome Dan Dare to the show. How are you doing, Dan, mate? Doing great, boys. Very, very, very sad after the weekend, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, we're all well. We're, we're well, <laughs> as well as we can be as Chelsea fans. I mean, it's been a pretty, uh, it's such a such a strange season, really. Um, so you know, we're going to go straight yeah. into it, um, Dan. Starting really with, I just want a bit of background from yourself. I mean, why why Chelsea FC for you? I mean, for me personally, it was. Um, I remember back uh, with the auto glass shirt and seeing Tor Andre Flo and Gianfranco Zola, and I was just automatically yeah. just driven towards Chelsea. And I was a bit of a. An anomaly on the streets because <laughs> all I would see is just seas of red and saying what on earth is that shirt but for you why, why Chelsea FC? <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah uh, my, 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 my granddad was a big Chelsea fan uh, my dad's a big Chelsea fan uh, for years and my my um, Irish and German family from the eight, I think it was the 1800 when they, they moved over they, they first come to Fulham so they moved from where I think it was Tipperary in Ireland and Hessen in, in Germany, they moved to Fulham. And um, yeah, they, everyone in my family has been Chelsea supporters for the last however many years. Yeah, since the club was born, really. Um, so it runs in my blood, runs in my blood. My, my two brothers are Arsenal supporters. So there's, there's a little bit of controversy there. I know, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> But yeah, so it goes back to, I mean, it's in generations of, of my family. I remember being young, same thing, wearing the orange cools and autoglass shirts and, you know, <laughs> way back, way back when. I've got pictures of me at Stamford Bridge when I'm like five years old. So, yeah. Oh, that's class. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a tough, certainly a tough last few days uh, for Chelsea fans. Uh, and we want to get your thoughts on particularly the FA Cup final that's that's just been, I mean, the 1-0 defeat. Uh, to yeah. Leicester at Wembley, um, I don't. I don't know what you thought, Dan, about it. I mean, we spoke about it uh, yesterday um, about Thomas Tuchel maybe being a bit too naive in his, his tactical mindset. And, and actually, I, I listened to the Sunday Supplement, another a podcast show that's on Sky Sports, and um, they yeah. definitely thought that Tuchel was very defensive and, and didn't go for this final, and that was a mistake on his part. I don't know what you think about that. I agree. I do agree. I've been like. Even the team selection against Arsenal was a bit shocked that he made that many changes. It's it's different. I think it's very the Premiership and the FA Cup and the English competitions are very different to Spanish and um, French competitions. I mean, probably the and German com, uh, competitions as well. To be honest, um, so yeah, I love Billy Gilmore. He had a good game, you know. But you take Kovacic out of that team, um, or, or you don't play Kante, you know, and you've you've got a We've got a big problem, um, and that, that's where I think it went a bit wrong with the Arsenal game. Um, but the FA Cup final, on, on the, to be honest, I think we played all right. We actually played all right. You know, we played well. 
we missed a lot of really good chances. And that's the bottom line. We take our chances and no one's really getting at Tuchel. Uh, I was a bit confused about Reese James being at right centre-back, but he seemed to deal with Jamie Vardy well. They didn't have a shot on goal. You know, they had one shot on goal and they scored. And in my opinion, if Mendy was in goal, he would have saved it. So um, it was an absolute rocket. Yeah. But just 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 because previous experience of watching Kepper in goal, uh, and I see a video about it actually. I was going mad about it to my mate who was watching it with, and I was like, "Look, this this he's been beat like this six, seven, eight, nine times. I think it was ten times he's been beaten from outside the box, and he's only been at Chelsea what two years, you know? So yeah, I was I was a bit shocked by by the result because, but fair play to Leicester, they they had a fantastic story. I, I watched the kind of aftermath of it and, you know, them bringing the trophy. That was all beautiful. I really, really love watching that. And it gave me a little bit, of, you know, a little bit of a smile. But I was dev- I was, I was so angry. I, no one could talk to me for hours. My, my housemate was trying to talk to me. I was like, Lee, give me at least half an hour, please. Dan, are you surprised, um, given how, obviously, the game in the first half, we were sort of quite dominant in that? Obviously, yeah. we had half time and then sort of you could see sort of 10, 15 minutes into the second half that we just really weren't playing well at all. Are you surprised that he waited to about 20 minutes to go to make changes? Because I mean, me and George were speaking during the game and just felt that the changes were too late. I always feel that like as a substitute, you need to make an impact. You need at least half an hour to get into the game and get up to speed. And I just think the changes were too late. You could see Hakim Ziyech was anonymous in, in that yeah. game, did did absolutely nothing. Do you yeah. think if perhaps the, if Christian Pulisic had come on at half-time or something like that, or maybe after 50, 55 minutes, do you think that could have given us a bit more of a chance in the game, perhaps? Yeah, that was Tuku's uh, mistake in the game, I think. Um, I'm not an expert, but I know that watching that game, the, it, was, it was more about the body language of the players that weren't playing well. Um, Ziyech, you know, just looked miserable the whole game. Just and he some of the passing he was doing was so erratic. He's got a wand of a left foot, and he was just he didn't give a shit about where the ball was going. And I was like, okay, uh, this is sometimes we get that with Cho. Sometimes you know, sometimes we get that with um, Jorginho. And um, yeah, it was. I, I thought he would have should have took Jorginho off at halftime, put someone up top who like put on Havertz and and um, and put uh, Werner on the wing or and take Ziyech off. You know, just switch it up a bit. And give him a bit of a more physical presence because every time Werner got in front of goal or had an opportunity to do anything, he just doesn't look convinced. He just doesn't have the confidence now. You know, he's just like he's a man struggling, and you know, you can't blame him. He's had a lot of really positive impacts on all the games that we've played this season. Um, but he should have changed it at half time. That should have been what it is. You know, first half didn't work. Do you um, also? Do you feel that like obviously? Um, I don't know what your thoughts were on, on when we were playing under under Frank, but yeah. one of my big criticisms was that when we were going through that poor run of form, that we whatever was happening in games, it would always be rigid four three three, and the changes were all like for like there was no plan B. Now, obviously, yeah. Tuchel's come in end of January. You know, he's switched the system up. We've had some great results with it, but it's I've started to notice in the last, particularly the last week with the Arsenal game. Um, and this cup final, you could almost possibly argue the City game as well. And if Aguero puts that penalty away, then we're comfortably beaten in that, and it's three defeats yeah. in a week. But are, are you concerned that if we go a goal down, this way of playing doesn't work for us? And you, like I always, I think I look at it, and 
I don't see any plan B. As you were saying, like maybe we just switch something up and maybe go to a back four for a bit, maybe get an extra striker on the pitch or something like that. Does that concern you going yeah. forward that there seems to be no no plan B? A little bit, yeah, because we're ba- we're based off winning the ball back in 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 the in the middle or you know high up the pitch and and breaking on teams. Um, we cross the ball a lot to have a, a small striker. You know what I mean? So like we need someone up there who can who can just like. I'm not the biggest fan of Tammy Abraham, but that was a game made for T- Tammy Abraham. You know, like the fact that he wasn't on, on on even on the bench as like as you said, the plan B. Giroud, you know, Giroud has has proven in the past that he can nick nick these goals, and and yeah, he he had a few moments, um, but he hit the bar after someone else hit the bar, right? Yeah, no, he, that- um, I think it was his him him or Chilwell had a header that hit the post. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, yeah, it's like it was. Yeah, no, that was the Arsenal game when he hit the bar. Mm. What was it? I can't remember, but it's like all amalgamating into one thing because it's kind of the same performance every time. Um, and yeah, I do, I do think it's a genuine problem. But then again, he inherited this team. You know, he inherited this team that Frank had, and Frank did a fantastic job um, with what he had to play, and he got us in the Champions League. And utmost respect for Frank Lampard. He's an he's an absolute legend in my eyes. And um, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it, there's a lot of dead weight that needs to get dropped out. You know, that's not necessarily saying they're bad players. They're just not Chelsea players. You need grafters, you know, um, to play against the Man Cities and, and Man United, the new look Man United. You know, the fact we lost against Arsenal was just they wanted it more. You know, and they they defended like dogs. Like we used to do that. Chelsea used to play like that. You know, are um, you are you? Um, sorry, George. Just one last thing. Are you? Dan, are you concerned about the fact that, obviously, I don't know if you've checked Chelsea's recent record in finals, but obviously that's three defeats in our last three finals. Obviously, back-to-back FA Cup finals, if you go along with the European Super Cup as well, that we lost on penalties to Liverpool. And actually, since 2015, we've lost eight of the 11 finals we've made. So are you concerned that this is becoming a bit of a mentality issue with this group of players, that we don't seem to have any match winners in the side or any leaders because I think we were blessed in the in the years gone by with you know checking goal JT at the yeah. back Lampard and Drogba you know didn't no matter how badly a game was going you knew that one of them could pop up with something at the moment yeah. it looks like that we don't have any players there that one can grab a game by the scruff of the neck two that will drive everyone else on and three that can just yeah. you know make something out of nothing and I, I just look at that as a bit of a concern going forward because we've got no match winners in the team yeah, I mean, I totally agree. The thing with, um, I mean, Czech is was a great goalkeeper. He wasn't the most vocal person, but you got like you got um, Terry and Lampard and Drogba in the spine of your team. They will pick people off the floor. They will throw them down to the floor, you know. And I do agree in that. Like I like Rudiger in the last three or four months since Tuchel's come in has really impressed me. I really love his body language. How he and I've always I always like. On social media, I see him on social media and he's always pushing for Chelsea. And Thiago Silva is a big part of that as well, you know. So I definitely think we've got the defenders um, that do that with Azpilicueta uh, as well along the back line, uh, back line and young wingers, young, young wing backs. But there's, there's like, Kante is amazing. Kante is absolutely does the, the workload of two people. But he's, you know, if he had, if he was more vocal and he had more kind of, if he screamed at people, I think that, that, that would make him a, I don't know, it wouldn't make him a better player. It would just give us a lot more in the middle because Jorginho, I just, I'm not, I'm, 
yeah, Jorginho just for me is a bit of bit of a non-starter. Yeah, know? I'm not it's... I'm not sold on him at all. I think it was so obvious watching the game that obviously Leicester played similar with Ndidi, who is their kind of Kante. And then you notice the difference in the middle of the park with Tielemans playing alongside him, someone who's more creative, more attack-minded, but still gets back and does that dirty work. You know, pops his yeah. range of passings class. You know, he closes people down. He's got a great shot on him. He pops up with a goal and he's always yeah. forward-thinking. Whereas to us, we've got Jorginho alongside it, Kante. I mean, Kovacic is a little bit better, but again, not much. And his first yeah. thought is to, sl- to slow the game down, play a backwards pass. There's no forward-thinking. I think we massively... I just don't think we ever replace Cesc Fabregas either. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, Kovacic is like a, a step up from Jorginho with, where he can run with the ball and he actually, he dribbles a lot more, you know. And I think we can get much more out of Kovacic than we can out of Jorginho. Just, I don't know. It's the They want to play fast football and he just slows it down. It really annoys me. Um, I feel like we're getting momentum at some stage, even when we're in the last 10 minutes of the game. Given the ball, he goes back. I know there's there's a process of like build up, and but there's never a perfect goal. You know, when you're chasing the game, there's never a perfect goal. You know, and Chelsea used to have all these stars, Lampards, and but if if, it, if if push come to shove, they get the ball back to John Terry. He's going long, you know, up off the head of Drogba, knock on, bloody bloody blah, blah. See you later. And we we, don't, we teams have sussed us out because they know the goals that we are creating. You know, they know how to defend against us now because we have a certain way to get it to the wingers, cross it, pay it to the edge of the box. There's no real dynamics in that for me. No, I, had to, I have to say that you know, I, I completely agree with that point. I was just about to go on to the fact that there were a couple of moments in the game where we were in dangerous positions and chasing at 1-0 down. And I think a couple, yeah. a couple of occasions it went from a corner kick all the way back to our goalkeeper. Kante played it a few times back to the goalkeeper from you know positions yeah, where there were plenty of options. Um, but are we having a sense, boys, where we're trying to have our cake and eat it? Because we've been praising Thomas Tuchel for the defensive shape of the team, you know, keeping clean yeah. sheets, win, you know, winning games by goal to nil, which traditionally is what, you know, Jose Mourinho used to do, you know, not exactly the best style of football, but do we care if we're winning? But then surely you need those defensive players like Jorginho on the pitch to be able to do that. Um, so yeah. are we are we slightly overcritical of these two games in isolation that when we go a goal down, it, it goes wrong? Um, I think critical, definitely yes, but like for the right reasons. We don't, Chelsea should not be playing two defensive midfielders, you know. Um, and Jorginho is very defensive. Kante does the work of two men. He does a lot of running. Yeah, I get all that, you know. And without Kante, if if we didn't have Kante in the team when Jorginho plays, wow, I don't know who's gonna. But but the the stats speak differently. He runs uh, to like left to right, and he actually I see a stat the other day where he run one more K than, than Kante. And I was like, how, how, how? But for me, midfielders, they have to be box to box, you know, and he's not box to box, box to box, box to box enough. Um, so, box to, <laughs> um, yeah. But, but yeah, I think there is a little bit of that, but it's the, the football he plays is too negative. Like I don't, I don't rate Jordan Henderson at, at Liverpool, right? But a lot of people rate him. Because the the running he does and the, all the dog dog work he does, I see Jorginho as that kind of player, and that's my preference of players. But also, I think he's a big part of the re- like. I remember the goal Tielemans scored. He's pointing at Tielemans for someone to come from the defense to run and block him. Dude, he's two yards from you. At least like put him off, even if you don't get a touch on it. 
that's the kind of body language that pisses me off. Yeah, look, I, I have to agree. Like with obviously, I think we definitely need someone more creative. We're going to stick with this three-four-three system. We don't mm. want two defensive midfielders in the in the middle of the park because essentially what we're doing is we're playing what three centre backs, two defend, two wing backs, which is defenders, seven, def- seven, def- seven defensive players on the pitch. Okay, for some games that's okay, but you can't tell me when we're playing like teams like you know your your Burnleys, your Wolves, and stuff at home. You don't need seven defensive players on the pitch, so yeah. I think that's something that we need to address going forward. I don't think it's complete panic stations in that regard. I think we obviously it's important to criticise this cup final and this past week, which has not been great. Yeah. But considering from where we've come from at the end of January, you know, tenth in the table, playing some poor football, like defensive errors every single game, the transformation yeah. from then to now is massive. But it's a, just a disappointment that obviously we're so close to like an FA Cup when we've lost again. I mean, last season's final hurt, this one hurts. And it's just, it's almost in danger of fizzling out this season a little bit with obviously potential yeah. of missing out on the top four, which I'll move on to now. Obviously, with the loss to Arsenal, that did let Liverpool back in. And unfortunately, with their game in hand uh, on Sunday, they, Alisson managed to pop up with an unbelievable... I couldn't believe that. I could not believe I, I, that. I couldn't believe it. It, like yeah. he pops up with an unbelievable header, like literally probably one of the best goals I've ever seen a goalkeeper score. I mean, there was that <laughs> one goalkeeper who used to play in Brazil that took free kicks. That was that was that he was he was class, but <laughs> like, it's not even a scrappy goal. He just he just leaps up and it's a great header. And I, yeah. I, honestly, I couldn't believe it. But I mean, that puts us in a in big danger now because obviously the table as as it is now. Obviously, we've all played thirty six games. Leicester are third on sixty six points. We're fourth on 64 points and then Liverpool fifth on 63 points. Dan, how do you see this race for the top four going? Do you think we can hold on? Obviously, we've got the massive game against Leicester on Tuesday. How how do you see our running going and do you think we can secure that top four position? I really hope so. I think it's a mentality thing as well, you know, in the player's mind. They know they've got all these games coming thick and fast. Um, Saw a little bit of like, yeah, just mental I don't know they they seemed a little bit mentally weak on 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 the FA Cup uh final Mason Mount wasn't he's quite wasn't quite right himself um and just poor decision making man like really poor decision making because if they were making good decisions a lot of the time you know that we would be scoring goals like Man City Man City were a prime example of that last season or the season before they would get into all the best positions in the world play all the best football Miss so many chances, miss so many chances, and that's what it is. We haven't got the killer instinct right now, and I think if we lose against Leicester City, or even draw against Leicester City, then Liverpool are ready, ready to pounce on on either one of us. You know, I don't know what the goal difference is. If we, if uh, we're ahead the, of- the goal differences are actually really close, and it could come down to that. Leicester have got twenty plus twenty one. We're plus yeah. we're plus twenty two. And Liverpool yeah. are plus twenty one, so it's a goal in it either way with all three sides. Wow. Narrow point ahead of us, Leicester, right? Yeah, uh, so two points ahead of us, Leicester. Yeah. So yes, yeah, a draw, a draw is basically a loss. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how yeah, how, how do you how do you see the game against Leicester going tomorrow? Do you expect like more changes from the cup final? Or do you think it'll be a fairly similar lineup and obviously a, a must win game for us? I, to be honest, I think Tuchel actually believes that the team played really well. Um, and if he broke down the chances of what we had and, you know, 
they had one shot on target and they scored. So his thing is he he wants to control the game. That's why he has seven defensive players on the pitch who are all ball players. They can all pass the ball around. They can all run around like lunatics. But some of them lack the killer instinct. You know, Alonso, I, I thought Chilwell should have started. Um, Alonso just was getting ripped down the left, even though even though they didn't nothing come from it. You know, um, I th- I think he just goes with the strongest team possible. Go go with Mendy in goal, Chilwell, uh, Rudigard, Thiago Silva, Azpilicueta, Reese James, or or Callum Hudson Odoi. If covers back, we get cover in the middle with Kante. That always works well. And then, to be honest, I think I'm not convinced by Havertz as a number nine or a number ten, but um, he's the best that we got right now. And I think you, if you've either got Pulisic or, or um, Werner running off him, they're, they're going to give anyone problems, you know. So, but yeah, I think I think Chilwell and, and Reese James are progressive enough that they'll get forward. Reese James doesn't doesn't have to start right centre back. That should not happen again. Um, we saw how much influence Jamie Vardy had on the game. It was practically none, you know, because they nullified it in midfield. So it was null and void that he was a right centre-back to try and take care of Jamie Vardy, you know. Um, so I know they're without Johnny Evans. Um, for them who says he's a big player, but I didn't see a big change when he went off. I thought, if anything, they played better. You know, with Fofana at the back, they can really, you know, keep up with us with the pace. And kind of the first long ball. George, here's a question you, for you. Sorry, Matt. George, how do you see the game going? The Leicester one, like well, obviously, tomorrow. yeah. Uh, listen, it's a must-win game, and I've, you know, we've we've just touched on it. I mean, pressure. There's there's huge pressure around Stamford Bridge now because I think maybe wrongly, but we probably all thought that the FA Cup was going to be in the bag one way or another. Um, no disrespect to Leicester, but we've, we've been there and done it before. Um, yeah. You know, we're, we're, you know, if you like, you know, a, a bigger club, if you want to put it in asterisks. So, yeah. <laughs> listen, you know, losing that cup final, the one that we were kind of wanting to bring home as a, as a certainty is now, I, I don't know where the priority is. Um, it, it's probably got to be top four because of the, the the cup final you you can't really call I mean you'd probably say City are, are favourites but that that's what I was going to ask Dan I mean in terms of the season as a whole Dan I mean if you if you had to wind back and say that the FA Cup final was tomorrow I mean what would your priority be is it is it winning the FA Cup Champions League or top four I mean if you had to pick one because obviously if we win the Champions uh, League we qualify for top four but we are playing Manchester City it's a lot of uh, risk to put all your eggs in that basket I agree I agree I mean. Yeah, I, I I don't think this is the best team that we'll get out too cool. So in my mind, it's just getting top four. I know like finals are just luck of the draw, you know. Um, you saw that yesterday with Chelsea women; they got absolutely destroyed in the first first thirty minutes after playing amazingly well for however however long. Um, so you never know. You never know. You, it's, it boils down to luck, unless you're playing an absolutely disgusting team like like Barcelona used to be and they just used to destroy teams just play them off the pitch in the final and you just be like alright there's no beating these guys Man City are beatable we've beaten twice you know so if anyone's going to beat them it's us um, they're kind of our Leicester so uh, I'd say the priority always should be winning the Champions League that's a hands down that's what every team should aspire to and we're in the final so definitely but if you said it to me at the start of the season I would have said top four definitely and FA Cup final. If we if we won it, we won it. But 
you know, the last few seasons have proved that we haven't got as many winners in our team as we think we have, you know. Um, yeah, we have, and we have quite a few big game players, you know, people who turn up on the day. But we just, I don't know whether it's boils down to luck, you make your own luck, but, or, or like the VAR decision was absolutely shocking, you know. The ball was in the air. Like, I, I'm all for VAR and like fair play and blah, blah, blah. It, it's had some clangers, but the, the, the still they showed, the ball had left Thiago Silva's foot. So you go back a millisecond and Ben Chilwell's in line if he wasn't already, you know? Um, so I think it'll boil down to luck. I think it'll boil down to luck. And obviously their handball, I don't know what the rules are now with handball, whether that was or it wasn't. Um, but there was a lot of question marks. that If that went in our way, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. So, you know. I, I, just, so. I just think like but with the Champions League final, I feel that, as you say, I think we can beat City. We've beaten them twice. I don't think they particularly like playing against us. Obviously, both times it's not been a full strength city side but obviously we weren't full strength when we went to the Etihad either um yeah. I, I just think it's going to boil down to the fact that we're not going to get many chances in this game and my big worry is as we've already mentioned is the fact we do create chances but we are one thing we aren't is clinical we miss That's so it. many chances so the things what it's going to come down to for me is are we going to have our shooting boots on because we're going to get three four chances max in this game can we actually yeah. score one or two goals like do we have the confidence in the forward players to actually put the ball in the net because we're looking at the other players on the pitch realistically we've got three players that can score on the pitch that, yeah. that, that, let's be honest none of those midfielders are scoring the wing backs don't pop up with much at all either and neither do the center halves so we're putting up yeah. we're putting our hopes on three players that that can score in our side basically. So when you put it that way, it doesn't sound so, it doesn't sound that promising. But you you just never know. But that that's my that's my big worry is is the fact yeah. that we don't convert chances at all, which is which against the better sides is going to come back and bite you in the ass because you don't get many opportunities. Yeah, I, I mate, I totally agree. I I feel that as well. I get so frustrated watching and knowing that you know. The person running towards goal is not going to stick it in the back of the net, you know. We like even against Real Madrid, that was a perfect example. Perfect example. We were playing a very poor Real Madrid side. Let's be totally honest with ourselves. They have a load of star players, but they weren't the best team tactically. Zidane has not got them in the right spot. I don't believe he's got them in the right spot. Every time I've watched them, they've had individual stars turn up and just turn it on. But Chelsea nullified that, you know. They got in their faces and they they were all up in their shit. So it. For, for me, that game was the true indicator of what is wrong with Chelsea. They got, they got all the talent. They got all of that bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. You you get it in someone's face. You get all the chances in the world. If you don't put them in the back of the net, you're suffering. Because if that was a better Real Madrid team, they would have punished us. They would have absolutely punished us. We would have been like... And the, the fact that Havertz hit the bar and then Werner's knocked it in with his head. That was just another one of those things. Not clinical well, enough. Well, and even even going back to the Arsenal game, literally a couple of minutes before, obviously the big mistake from Jorginho, their goal. Havertz is clean through on goal, one and, one, yeah. and you just and you just know it's not going to be a goal. And it's just as a fan, as you said, it's so frustrating knowing that actually we're really not that far away from being a very complete team. That we probably yeah. need to go and sign a couple of players, particularly someone that can put the ball in the net. But if we just yeah. took our chances. We wouldn't even be having this conversation about are we going to finish fourth 
Because if we'd beaten West Brom, if we'd managed to beat Brighton and, and whatnot, we'd, we'd, we'd be guaranteed. We'd be third now, probably. So Agreed. It's, it's, these are the things that are going to cost us. And if we look back at the end of the season and it turns out that, you know, we end up with no trophies and we come fifth, then we can only have ourselves to blame because we've got the vast majority of the ingredients there. We're just we're just not putting the ball in the net. I just love to know, like, on the training pitch, like, are they, you know, what 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 what, what the finishing practice is like? Because if it's anything like yeah. it's on the pitch, it must be absolutely terrible. Because or it's absolutely amazing, and they, and they just don't do it on the day. Like that, I, I see certain players like, and I'm like. That's how I used to be with Tammy with when Lampard was 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 uh, was playing him. I was like, he's missing so many chances, but he scored quite a, quite a few goals, you know. For an academy player, that's quite an achievement. But we're Chelsea Football Club, you know what I mean? We need like we need a, a striker, a figurehead, someone that is the man, you know, who's like we had with Diego Costa, you know, like like we had with Drogba, you know, like we had with Zola, with Tori Andrew Flo, people who that like they're scared to play against. Players are not scared to play against Werner. They're scared of his pace, but they could probably get past him and they think he's probably going to hit the post or put it wide. You know, it's like for a goalie as well, coming out against a player they know misses a lot of chances. Psychologically, it's a huge thing. Football's all about the brain, you know. Anyone can play football, but if you ain't got the, the mentality and the, the right mind frame, and I think that's getting to a lot of the Chelsea players because they're missing so many chances, you know. Like when Kai Harvitz first signed for us, his body language was terrible. And that was because I think he was just, he didn't feel comfortable. So just, a couple just, more just to wrap up this kind of top four chat, obviously, George, I'll come to you first. The remaining fixtures then, obviously Leicester have got us away tomorrow night, followed by Spurs at the King Power to finish. We've got Leicester tomorrow, then Villa away. And Liverpool have got Burnley away and they finish with Palace at home. So if I can get a prediction from you now, who is going to finish in the in the top four? Is it going to be Leicester and Chelsea, or, or or one of those going to miss out and Liverpool sneak in? What what's your prediction? Well, my prediction a few months ago on the podcast is that I said Liverpool would make top four and that Leicester would drop out. So, I mean, it's not going to happen now. Unfortunately, I think it's. I'd hate to say this on the Chelsea podcast, but it looks as if Chelsea are not going to make it. If, yeah. I mean, you look at the games. Liverpool, it's all about momentum at this stage of the season. And that that goal that went in, you know, they're, they're on the verge of uh, two drop points away at West Brom. Keeper comes up, absolute nuts it, top bins, you know, like which we wish Werner could do. I mean, and that it's the moments like that where you just feel like everything's going for them just at the right time. And, and subsequently, yeah. we've had the back-to-back defeats. So... I hate to say it, boys, but I think we are, we are banging trouble. And I think our best chance now for top four... Yes, it's still in our hands to a degree, but could we kill two birds with one stone and get the Champions League and qualify that way? That's all I'd say. I mean, uh, we we put a stat on the podcast of um, we've only won 25% of our finals since Drogba's left. So I think um, Tuchel needs to get on the blower and, and see if he can come for 90 minutes. <laughs> Let's get him on. I don't know what you boys think about the top four, but I'm, I'm going Liverpool, boys. Sorry. Yeah, nah, I'm, I think you're right, mate. I do think you're right. If we don't beat Leicester... I mean, Aston Villa is still a hard game for us, you know. Um, they can turn it on. If, and if Grealish is back playing after, you know, he, he, he come on a, a sub on the weekend, a couple more games, he'll be flying. And he's their talisman. I just, yeah, I'm with, I'm with you, Charlie. I think that, um, George, sorry, that, that, um, that uh, 
yeah, the momentum is with the other clubs. And we had those losses at the worst time in the season. And yeah, it was an FA Cup final. And yeah, you know, there's special games, they're unique games. There's You can't really predict them unless you're playing a Division 1 or Division 2 team. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm really, really worried about Liverpool and Leicester. I think I think if we draw with Leicester, that's it. And I think, I hate to preempt it, but I think we might draw that game, you know, because I think they'll set up differently to the FA Cup final. Um, yeah, just they'll play deeper. They play quite high in the first 10, 20 minutes. And I was like, rubbing my hands together, like, here we go. There's going to be space behind. The setup they play against us tomorrow is going to be totally different. Brendan Rodgers, he knows how to set up defences. Um, so yeah, I hate to agree with you. But... Yeah, I mean, I think I'd have to. I think I'd have to agree with you boys as well. It's a bit doom and gloom on this front, but I just think momentum at this point of the season is so important, and we've had such a lot of momentum. But this past week, the momentum seems to be halting. Two not great performances. I know one was a cup final, but like I think we're hitting a bit of a slump at the right at the wrong stage and yeah. I mean I have to agree I think I do think we'll miss out I I honestly I can't see us beating Leicester tomorrow so I, I honestly think it's gonna and that's gonna rely on Liverpool slipping up against Burnley or Palace for us to finish in the top four so I honestly think that our best chance now is to is to win the Champions League and qualify that way but I think I mean Europa League football next season would be it would be really hard to take Considering how close we've been yeah. all season, but I just got—I've just got a feeling that we're going to have to win the Champions League to come in a top four, which is going to be yeah. massive pressure, even more pressure on that game than there probably already is now. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we'll know tomorrow whether whether we are actually in play to win the Champions League. You know, just just like I said, from body language and and sheer momentum of yeah, just how we play, just. Arsenal was just a bit like, oh, watch that match. I was so frustrated at the end of it. Leicester was a lot better, but we just didn't have the cutting edge. Um, tomorrow, I'll be f- annoyed if, if if Tuchel comes back and says, yeah, we deserve to win. We des-. Like, you don't deserve anything. This is the premiership, you know? And we got battered 5-2 by West Brom because someone got sent off. We should have maybe lost 1 or 2 nil. But that just shows you the mentality of the players. They just go, you know? And... For me, that's not a sign of champions, and they need to learn that, you know, through gelling, through their. This is their first season together, a lot of them, so we can't be harsh on them that way. But yeah, I, I agree, guys. I think the, the momentum is with our other teams, and unfortunately, that's going to be our downfall. I hope it isn't, and I hope we have a bit of luck on the way, maybe with a VAR call or, you know, something that's completely out of our hands that has gone against us in the Arsenal game and the Leicester game. But we shouldn't have to worry. We shouldn't have to depend on that, you know. We should be putting teams away creating all the chances, got all the possession, got all the key passes, breaking the pull-ups and all these statistics they keep throwing at us. We're not scoring. Look at look into next season, uh, Dan. I mean, the, 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 the easy answer that everyone's been saying is that we, we need a number nine. I mean, I don't know about you boys, but I cannot actually even remember the last time we scored outside the box. Um, yeah. So I think the goals of the season from a Chelsea point of view is going to be a pretty poor video to watch uh, this season. Yeah. But is it as easy as that or do you still I mean for me personally I, I feel as though we can still give Werner one more season where he could maybe be the, the front man but yeah. do you share do you okay. share that confidence or do you think that we actually really need to get someone in like a Kane or a Haaland that's going to bang the goals in um, 
I, I think I think um, Werner's best position is actually playing off the left, coming in as a centre forward. And I definitely think he needs a number nine to fit the ball onto him in all those situations. When he was at Leipzig, he had someone that was like that, you know, and he scored a lot of goals. Um, and for Germany, they play him as a number nine. He don't really play that well for Germany. You know, in the Euros, when he was playing, I think, was it Euro, the last Euros? I remember seeing him play and thought, he's good on the ball, but he just was isolated all the time. And I think that's that's what, and like, the Premiership's totally different. You've got big ass defenders that will clatter you and let you know you're there. You have to be prepared for that. And he's a fighter. He gets up and, yeah, he took, on the weekend, he took knocks all over the field. But, but you know, I think we need a, a striker. I don't, you can say Tammy's that kind of, kind of player that knocks on the ball. They played him a couple of times together at the start of the season. Um, but, yeah, someone who just can score the ugly goals but also score amazing goals. And someone like Kane, I'm not convinced by Haaland. I think Haaland's playing in a, in a very dumbed-down league in Germany, you know. If you put Tammy Abraham in, in the Bundesliga, he'd be scoring 20 goals a season, I can tell you that. Because um, he's big, he's physical, he's fast, you know. He's got all of those um, kind of key attributes that that same as Haaland has. But I just think Haaland has a different mentality. He's a killer, you know. And he, he just, you can see that in his play. You see it in his interviews. You see the way he conducts himself. When he scores, he grabs his players by the neck and strangles them. He's like, yeah, you know. That's what we need. We need someone like that. I don't know if it is Harlem, but like someone who's a fighter. Where where else would you like to see addressed then, Dan? Obviously, like, I think we all agree that we, obviously, Vernon will get another chance next season, but we need to bring someone else in to put the ball in the net to bridge yeah. the gap and forge a bit of a title challenge. Where else would you like to see addressed in the window and like midfield, defence or? Yeah, I think. I don't know. Everyone needs their position tied down, first of all. I think that's a, a key thing in this. Mason Mount, I don't know what he is, a 10 and, nine, a 10 and 8, a false 9, a, a come off the left, blah, 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 blah. Who knows? They know. They, they work on the training field all day, every day. He's a class act and he will be a great player. But I actually don't know what his best position is now. When Kai Havertz comes on, I don't know what his best position is. But I, I definitely know we need someone in the middle who's dynamic, who can match Kante's energy. Someone like Verratti, you know, from PSG, who doesn't have to be the biggest fella in the world, doesn't have to be the most physical, but just has the heart of a lion. And I think that that's what we need. We need we need just horrible people in our team that have that mentality, that want to win for the rest of their players. And that we need that mentality more than we need the players, you know. Some of the best players in the world, they don't have that mentality, but some, like... Roy Keane wasn't the best footballer in the world, but he had that mentality, that winning winning thing where he'll fight for his team. And um I really think we lack that. We lack, and Thiago Silva brought that into the into the defense because we were shocking at the back, you know, we were shocking. But that's because he's verbal. He probably doesn't speak good English, but you you feel it on the man, you know, and you respect him. Or you can see all the players really respect him. Um and before that, we had what did we have before? We had Zuma in there. I think I think defense we're good. Yeah, couple midfielders. We've got enough wingers. We've got enough young. We've got young like left backs, Livermento in the in the in the under 18s who's really good. And we've got other young wingers that we could bring through the youth system who are good enough, you know. So I don't think we worry about that. We've got Cho and Havertz and Pulisic and striker midfielder. I think we'll be good. So what, one, right one, one thing on the defence, how disappointed are you that it looks like 
Tamori is not going to come back next season. He's going to oh. stay at Milan. I think we've scored. Oh. A, I think we scored a massive own goal there because that's a that's a player that we could massively do with next season, and we're going to let him go for about twenty five million euros. Peanuts, absolute yeah. peanuts. He is. A, he's a class act. He's young. He's you know he's he was our best player when he played a lot of the games. You know, and I think he's better than Zuma. I like Zuma's. Obviously, big in stature, really, like, he's a big guy and, he, and, he, and he's hard in the tackle. But I just think his football mind is not as good as Tamori's. And that's that's what why I would pick Tamori over Zuma. Um, just, and I just think he's, he's young, he's hungry, you know, and he's from our academy, you know. He's, he's like Chelsea through and through, but I, I just think... Yeah, obviously something happened with Frank Lampard. I don't know what that is. You know, like nobody knows what that is. But yeah, it's it's frustrating that they gave him the the, the buy on fee of twenty five million because that is an absolute daylight robbery, really. And he proved it in AC Milan. He's been amazing for them, right? So yeah, that that they've definitely. I hope they don't buy him. I hope he just wants, says he wants because surely he has a has a option to say if he doesn't want to go there. Yeah, I, I think I think the only way we're going to see him at Stamford Bridge next season is if he does not want the permanent move. Um, that's mm. like, that's the only way we can we can do it. Or AC Milan have some massive financial collapse and they can't afford 25 million euros, which is probably very unlikely. Yeah. So we're going to be looking at him wanting to come back. But from, from my perspective, if I was him, if I'm playing for AC Milan every week, week in, week out, fantastic club, a lot of history... Um, probably going to be playing Champions League football next season. And then I'll, if I'll, do I want to come back to Chelsea where actually I might not play every week and I'm going yeah. to be more of a bit part, I'm going to be more of a squad player rather than a, than a star player. I think that's yeah. going to, that's going to rest on his mind. I think he's got aspirations to play for England. If he's playing every week for AC Milan, I think he's got a far better chance of getting in the England squad than if he, than if he's playing for us. But I would love to see him back. But I just, I just think we've, I think it's going to go down as another poor bit of business from us and, and, a, and, and, and a big mistake, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't blame him, to be honest. I'd be disappointed, but I wouldn't blame him, you know. It's, uh, they, he didn't get the most love from, from Chelsea. I know it was a manager's decision and it wasn't a club decision, but I'm sure they all had a say on, well, Marino and, and Roman Abramovich probably had a say on the price of what he would go for if they actually liked him, you know. Um, I just don't think that should have been in in the in the in the contract. I just don't, you know. He's a young in England international who's proved he can play in the Premiership, and you're putting a twenty five grand, twenty five million price tag on him. You know, that's that's crazy. It's crazy to me. Dan, you said earlier in the show that your your priority was was probably top four. Um, yeah. In terms of when you know when we started the season, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> For the season now, I mean, as of our position now, so lost the FA Cup final, still got the Champions League final to go. Um, if I had to pinpoint and ask you to give one word of what the Chelsea season's been so far, what what word would you use to describe Chelsea's season? Um, so average, I'll take growth. Have we, have we disappointed? No, it's, it's growth, you know. Growth. We'll be dis- a growth. Just It has to be growth. Otherwise, you know, like... We're in the cha- we're in the FA Cup final. We're in the Champions League final. You know, we had great teams before. And we were only getting into quarterfinal, semi-final. All right, we had a bit of an easier route, but the team's still gelling. I don't want to be that harsh on them, but you know, like 
it's if we weren't creating chances, then I'd be like, you know, I'd have a totally different view. I know it's frustrating that we're not scoring these chances, but the team are they're playing well in certain phases in matches where they should really kill them off, and then they haven't got the grit in them right now or the or the balls to be like we're going to stop this team scoring and it always just happens you know it always just happens um but i, w- I would say yeah growth because if i if i used another word it would just be negative and i don't want to be negative about it because i think we're actually we've achieved we're a bit like sport rats at chelsea where we've achieved so much over the years that we kind of expect a certain amount of you know trophies and because we've been in the finals and blah blah blah, blah I totally agree. I'm like, yeah, we should be winning them. But we're in a phase. We're definitely in a phase. Tuchel took on the team. He's took over from Lampard, who took a team that didn't have any transfer. We didn't have any transfer. Spent a load of money on players that need a year. You know, they need a year. That the players are not what they used to be because everything's. It's, it's, there's so much analytics around everything about what you should be doing and what your roles are in a team. I've played football. You guys have played football. You know it's it's not that easy, you know, to get your head around. Um, and I can't imagine what it's like for them. They they get off the get. They got these iPads, being like, "You should have done this. You should have done that. You should." have Takes time. Takes practice. You know. So I think I, I think I would say growth, but I think next year everyone should feel a lot more relaxed. And if we had a striker that's sticking the balls in the back of the net, we'd be doing great. What about you, Charlie? One word to describe Chelsea season. I'd have to say positive, I think. Um, as, as Dan's mentioned, I think like there's not a lot to be negative about. Yeah, of course, you know, the Lampard situation was a big negative in the season in terms of the way he was sat. I think a lot of people felt that was very harsh. But I think looking at how, how things have panned out, I don't think we can really have too many complaints about the switch in manager. Yeah. Um, I, I feel pretty confident sitting here saying that if we'd continued with Lampard in charge, we wouldn't even be discussing any finals and we wouldn't be discussing the top four. So I think it's a positive that, you know, we've come together as a side. Tuchel's come in, he's galvanised the team. We've got, a, we've got a system in place that seems to suit the players we've got. It's just now in instilling that confidence into them. And I do think that when we have a full pre-season under him, he's got like the full summer to bring in his own players as well and more time to work on the training pitch with this system. Because let's, let's not forget, we've pretty much been playing since January Weekend, yeah. midweek, weekend. You've got hardly any time to do any actual training sessions. All you're doing is like you're playing a game, you're coming in for recovery, then you've got another game. So we haven't had a lot, yeah. we haven't had a lot of time on the training pitch to actually implement these ideas, which makes it even more impressive how he's made us so defensively solid. And I think we are taking steps in the right direction. You know, to say that we've made two finals this season, all right, we didn't win one of them, we could still win the Champions League. I think that's a big plus, and I think we've got to be realistic and accept that actually. You know, we're not quite as dominant as we used to once be in the trophy winning department. And I think it's going to take a little bit of time for Chelsea fans to accept that actually we're perhaps not as successful at the moment as we have been in, in, in previous years. But I think we've got the nucleus of a great squad. As, you, as we've said, a number nine comes in, puts a ball in the net, maybe someone a bit more creative in midfield. And I really do yeah. think we've got the right manager and the the perfect squad blade, uh, blend of academy players, youngsters, and some experienced heads that we can really mount a challenge for the title in the next season or two. So I'd have to say it's it's it's, it's a positive for me. Um, yeah. even if we were to lose the Champions League, I still think it's a, it's a positive season. Yeah. How about you, George? What what, what do you reckon? 
Um, yeah, I, I'd say optimism or I, th- I like I like your use of the word relaxed, Dan, because I was very relaxed at the start of the season. You know, when we spent the 200 odd million pounds, yes, I was excited. But I mean, people will know that listen to the show on a regular basis. I was a very I was a huge advocate of Frank Lampard and, and trying to do that that long journey and, and not really caring yeah. really about where we finish in the league or if we win a cup or not, because I accepted that we're in transition and we wanted a manager who's young, who's inexperienced to come in and for once break the mould where we would have a manager for five, six, seven years. And obviously Chelsea yeah. being Chelsea, you know, as soon as results didn't go our way, whether you agree or disagree, we, we pushed the button and went back to our old ways. And, and in fairness, you can't argue against it because we've ended up, we've ended up getting in two yeah. finals Um getting you know as close to the top four as possible but um it has to be it has to be optimism because you know we're we're not that far away we we've we've all addressed that we said that we need it we need someone if, you know if Werner finished half the chances he's had this season we I'd, again we probably wouldn't be having this conversation we'd be probably second at the moment um probably would have won the FA Cup so I think we're we're a few signings away and maybe another year for those new players to come in to really see Chelsea challenging on all fronts again. That's that's what I would say. Um, yeah. It brings us nicely on to the to the questions, Dan, because um, knowing that you were coming on, we had we had a floodload of questions that wanted to come in. We can only select a, f- a fair few. Um, so Charlie's going to bring them out from from fans. Oh, and so let's go, let's go. All for Dan. Yeah, yeah, wicked. Thanks for sending the questions in, guys. Obviously, we'll just rattle through these relatively quick fire. Obviously, add a bit of detail as as and yeah. where you see fit. So first one, interesting one, actually. Do you see a future for any players returning from loan spells, such as Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Ross Barkley, next season? Uh, no, I don't. I think Ruben's a good player. I think someone more like Conor Gallagher will have more of a say because he'll be a, a squad player that could potentially play his way into the team. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, he, he has to be a starter if he's playing at a team. Just, just He's a confidence player. And who was the other one? Barkley. Barkley. I like Barkley, but I think Mason Mount fills the void where Barkley left. So I don't. I, I think it will be a good sell to sell him to Aston Villa for 30, 40 million. George, what are your thoughts? Can you see a future for either of those guys next season? Uh, potentially, they'll, they'll probably they'll obviously have a pre-season under Tuchel, and it, it's really up to him. I mean, we said before that. You, the manager's probably coming with a preconception of players that he likes and dislikes. That's just yeah. the way it works. Um, so he might be completely switched on or off on those players already. I I, I really like Ruben Loftus Cheek. I think when he's yeah, when he's on it, he 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 can boss it. He's so physical. I mean, no one. Could, he's like what six foot three? Absolute. Yeah. You know, he's a brick shit house. He's he's an animal. Yeah. yeah so and I, and he actually, you know, under Sarri, um, I went to one of the games actually, one of the last of the season against Watford, and he was the he was the man of the match. Um, he's got it in his locker. It's just whether Tuchel and Chelsea have the confidence to give him enough game time to say, well, you can play regularly um, and allow those errors. Just, you know, he's going to make them uh, being young. But I agree with you, Dan. I think he has to. He's a player that needs someone to, you know, have their, you know, an arm around a shoulder to play regularly. And I think tactically he's not he's not in the shape of the way that Chelsea are playing now as well. Yeah. So that they, unless he was playing a false nine role, um, I don't think he will get into the team. And, and I see that as a, a red flag for him because he needs to be playing games, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. Like, I love him as a player. I think he was doing really well. And then that really frust- really bad injury on a ridiculous pre- on a ridiculous friendly in America before Baku. Yeah. 
I think that's just. I think that. I think that's probably ended his Chelsea career. And I, it, for me, like I'd love to see him have another chance and come good. But I just think he's missed the boat now. You know, he's gone out on loan to Fulham. He's not even playing every week for Fulham. He's on the bench most weeks. And I think that. Yeah. I think that's another red flag. Like a Chelsea going on loan from Chelsea to Fulham, and a side that's been relegated. He should be standing out as a star player, and he's just he just hasn't done it. So I, I, I just feel that unfortunately, sad as upsetting as it is. You want to see guys from the academy come through and make the first team. I, do, I just think he's missed the boat, and yeah, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And for the likes of Ross Barkley, I, I was never a massive fan of him. I think he's just never lived up to his potential, really. Um, I think yeah. he's a little bit like Jack Wilshire in that sense. Very good when he was young, but actually hasn't yeah. hasn't got any better. So for me, yeah. I think we sell him, try and get as much money as we can, and and and, and move on from there. Okay, next question then. Dan, I'll come to you first. Is there any chance Brendan Rodgers will swap Leicester for Spurs this summer? I I I wouldn't say no. I mean, in my eyes, um, I think obviously Tottenham have a big thing going on with their new stadium, and they have some world class players that are not really playing football. You know, they're it's a bit watching Tottenham's a bit like. Yeah, it's flat, you know, it's really flat. I watch a lot of football and it's really flat because when they battered us on uh, Boxing Day like two seasons ago, or four or five seasons ago when they beat us like 5-2, they were playing through their skin with Sonny and, and Kane and I was like, Tottenham are actually here, you know, they're really good. And they finished second. They they have just not reached those heights and I think Brendan Rodgers is not the man to bring those bring them to those heights. Jose Mourinho was not the man to bring those them to those heights so I think I think he'll stay at Leicester he has to you know he's got this legacy going it's beautiful it would be stupid to leave George what are your thoughts do you think any chance well I said I said a few weeks ago I'm sure Spurs won him definitely yeah but I, I, I agree with Dan I don't, I don't why would you leave Leicester you know he's fine you know it looks like they're going through the cycle where they might they might even challenge for the Premier League in a few seasons time if he, he's brought in some fantastic players he's got them all playing for him They've just yeah. won an FA Cup final. I mean, they're in a far better position than Spurs. Um, yeah. So yeah, I have to agree with Dan. I think he, he would be foolish to leave that now. He's he's already a he's already a legend at the club now. Yeah, yeah. I I, I make that a full house, boys. I, I there's always a chance, of course. And I think they'll probably try. But for me, it just doesn't make any sense. He's building something special there. Um, they're now kind of established in the top four they've kind of broken up that monopoly of sort of like the big six clubs as, as such and they've now firmly established themselves there he's won the FA Cup and they're probably going to qualify for the Champions League this season so they're going to have an adventure next year bringing in more players and as you say they might they could challenge for the title in a few seasons time maybe and he seems yeah. to get on really well with the owners so it would make no sense for me to go to Spurs where one it seems like a toxic environment you've really only got the stadium and there's a chance that Harry Kane won't even be there next year. So I, for me, it's not it's not an appealing job on on based on based on those reasons. Next one, then, Dan. Do you think that Mane or Salah will leave Liverpool this summer? Um, no. I think they have a nice rapport with uh, Jurgen Klopp. If I would say more Salah than Mane, um, Mane is virtually unplayable when he gets going. You know. Um, but Salah, I think, yeah, I don't know. If someone like Real Madrid or Barcelona come in for a Salah, I think I think he'd go. I don't know why, but I just have a feeling. George, what are your thoughts? Can you see either one of those either one of those leaving this summer? 
Yeah, I, I was going to say uh, Salah definitely of anyone. Um, it's a weird one with him because he's, his stats and his goal record this season is still very good. Um, yeah. But I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I think maybe his best his best at Liverpool is probably behind him. And again, when, when Real Madrid or someone like that come knocking, it's very hard to ignore as, as a professional football player because that that's the kind of... For, certainly for foreign players, that's the pinnacle. That's like the, the ultimate dream. So, you know, I, I think if they did come in with a sensible offer, I, I could see Salah going. But yeah, I agree with Dan. I don't I don't necessarily think Mane. I think he's got a bit more of a relationship with the manager and the club at this at this stage in time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do think one of that front three will leave. But in relation to this question, I think Salah is probably more likely. But I think if I was Liverpool, I'd be looking to get rid of Firmino and bring someone in like that scores goals. I think, they've got yeah. a, I think they've got a similar problem to us that they've played Firmino as a centre forward, but he doesn't score any goals. So I think yeah. I think they need to, if they were going to move one of those on, I think it would have to be Firmino. Um, yeah. It's an interesting one. Dan, do you think there's any chance that Pep could leave City if they win the Champions League? I have a feeling that he will, you know. I do have a feeling that he will. I don't know where I get that feeling from, but um, Jess, he's been at, uh, Bayern, Barca, he's done. He's done the magic everywhere. You know what is he? He's been at Man City four years now. Is it three, three, four years? I think it's four, fourth year now. Yeah, yeah, it's fourth year. He usually does four years and he's out. I mean, I don't. I don't think the 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 Premier League is for for Guardiola. I think it's too stressful for him. You know, like it's t- there's too much competition. He's a great manager, but like he could be winning Champions League within Milan and. It's just, it's just. A, I don't know. I don't see him doing another season. I think. Yeah, I just have a, a feeling that he will not. He will leave. So, I don't know why, but. George, yeah. George, do you reckon he could? He could just leave if they win Champions League. Yeah, it's a it's a sensible time to leave because you've you've done everything you need to do. So I mean, he would again. Well, who did everything replace him with? Yeah, who did everything replace him? Yeah, and uh, I think. Again, he probably knows that if he leaves Manchester City, they're not going to be as dominant as what he's created because they can't play the same way. They wouldn't be able to replicate what he brings to every club, which is this kind of tick-attacker style, unreal football. So he could be clever and be like, look, you know, I've won the Champions League. I'm going to go and relax. He might take, you know, like you said, a less stressful job. Um, And... You know, who knows? I mean, he might have a love relationship to go back to Bar. Who knows? I mean, Barcelona and a bit of a, you know, Atletico look like they're going to wrap up the league. I mean, it's going to go to the wire again, but I don't know where his next yeah, move would you be. That's the only thing. I, I think I could see him. And the only major league he's not really done is Serie A. I wouldn't be surprised that if I reckon you, I, I mean, cause I did say, and I made a ridiculous bold claim a few episodes back where I said that Pep would be managing Juventus next season. I just think that if he wins the Champions League, if he were, if he was to call it a day at City after that, I mean, all reports are heading in the direction that um, Pirlo will be replaced next season. I wonder if Juventus are going to hold off till a couple of weeks after the Champions League just to see if Pep calls it a day. And I could see him going to Italy, maybe. But, I mean... Yeah, it, well, I- What's happening with the Super League? Is that it? like are Juventus still in that? Is that still I, a thing? I don't know because I know that though the three clubs, Real Madrid, Barca, and Juve, were hit with an ultimatum, and then they need to withdraw. Otherwise, they're going to be banned from Champions League for for two years. And there was also Juve were also um, threatened with the expulsion from Serie A if they if they didn't if they didn't uh, withdraw. Um, so I mean, I, I don't know how that's progressing along. But if obviously all things 
being considered. If they were to be fine, then I could see them at Juve next year, potentially. But yeah. Yeah. I think it would be a nice end to the chapter for him to for him to leave there. It's, it's a, it's, there's no better point to leave on. Deliver the first Champions League for the club. Um, exactly what you're set bought in to do. And he does why why does he need to stay at City? He doesn't need the money. He doesn't really need the stress. The only reason he would stay is because he loves it. So yeah. I think we'll and, just... it, and we haven't even spoke about Spain the national team. Yeah. If Spain starts to start come calling after he's won the Champions League with three different clubs. He has no nothing else to ch- achieve, you know. He's like the only thing he hasn't won is a, is a World Cup and a, and a European Cup. So, yeah, I think I think it's possible. I think if it's not this, yeah. if it's not and it's not after the Champions League, I think definitely in the next season or two there'll 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 be, there'll be a swap there. Okay, last two now. Then, Dan, sure. how big an impact would Europa League football have on Chelsea's dealings in the transfer window? Massive, massive. I mean, it's the difference between getting. I think. The main buy we need is a, is a top-class striker. Um, and top-class strikers want to play in the Champions League. They don't want to come to teams and be like, I'm a part of a project. The project is the project now. These players are not going anywhere. Havertz, Werner, they'll, they'll get better and better. They're not going anywhere. Uh, it will have a, But also, like the amount of games you need to play in the Europa League, it would have a massive effect on our season because we're playing so many... I, I don't know how many te- teams are in the group. It's not the same setup as the, the Champions League, is it? No, there's a lot more no. games. Yeah, and they're in like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just we could probably use a lot more bit part players in that competition and still win it. But the, the sheer amount of volume of games that come in, I know it'd be different from from this season because of COVID and stuff, and we were playing two games a week. But even still, I think it just will have a massive effect mentally, physically, and the demand will be way more than than the Champions League. Yeah, George, how do you see that if we were to miss out? How do you see that impacting the transfer business? Yeah, it's, it's massive, isn't it? Because, you know, we've, we've all been, we've been discussing for the last hour that the type of striker that we need and that, that striker is simply not going to come through the door if we're playing Europa League football next season. Um, mm. The benefits, what you could say, is that, you know, playing Europa League football, maybe we don't take it as seriously um, in the preliminary stages and we can maybe focus on the league. And we, we've got still a good enough squad to challenge, I feel, um, even if we bring in, you know, some more squad players that aren't necessarily the high profile players. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's huge, isn't it? Because we, we want to make that next step now. And it kind of, de- it just delays, it just delays everything that we want to try and achieve. Um, so that's why it's so important, the, the tomorrow's game and, you know, certainly the next two games. I mean, we, we've got to try and win those two league games because the Champions League is just a, you know, like, like Dan said, a complete, it's a luck draw, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think it would have a big impact, even even though it'd likely only be for one season. I think it still, it puts us at the bottom of the pecking, well, puts us down the order of being able to get the star names because even if it's for one season, they don't want to play Europa League football. But then I also look at it and think, well, if they don't want to come because we're in the Europa League, do we really want that type of that sort of personality anyway? So yeah. you can look at it both ways. But yeah, I think it would affect the calibre of player we'd be able to attract. Right, final one then. Dan, will Jaden Sancho leave Dortmund this summer? And if so, where will he go? Um, yeah, I think he will leave. Um just because the way, I don't know, the way he's kind of 
conducted himself with leaving Manchester City and he always wants something bigger and better, which I totally understand, you know. And Dortmund is a definitely seen as like a step stepping up club, you know, where you go and make a name and you, you go and get sold. And a lot of players, they go there with the, the mentality and the mindset thinking that, you know, I can make a name for myself here. And even if he went to Bayern Munich, you know, I wouldn't say that. They tried to buy um, Cho and yeah, he, he's a similar, he's in a similar vein and he's been playing in Germany. And I think Bayern Munich will, will be challenging for the Champions League next season. You know, and they'll be there. They've won nine titles in a row or something stupid like that, you know. Um, so he probably might go to Bayern. If not, I don't see him going to Barcelona. They have enough of players like him. And Real Madrid destroy careers like they did to, to Eden Hazard and, you know, everyone else that goes there with a high reputation. Um, and the only other team is, is Chelsea. And I don't think. What about, Chelsea what about um, Manchester United? Any chance, you reckon? Nah, they've got Greenwood. They've got they've got Greenwood. They've got Alves. They've got this this new Diallo kid. That you know, like if I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll go to Manchester United. I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, if they Man United owners might turn up and say, "Look, we've got 150 million war chests. What who do we need?" You know, yeah. George. What do you reckon, Sancho? Where where will he leave, and where will he be playing next season? I think the biggest issue that they've got is that I think Dortmund have been a bit greedy. I think they're trying to, you know, he probably could have gone to Manchester United last window, but they were just the the, the money that they were asking for someone who, okay, very good talent and everything else, but it's almost similar to Haaland. It's hard to it's hard to gauge when you play in in the Bundesliga, isn't it? You know, yeah. to to ask for that much money. Um, I know he's young, so that's probably why it's more expensive. But I think they've kind of priced themselves out of the market some way. So I've got a strange suspicion that. Again, it might be a bit of a frustrating window where Dortmund just asked for too much. Sancho might want to go. Yeah, I think he might stay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I for me, I think if United want him, they'll put a bid in for him again, and it will then be up to him. But I, I, I think at the age he's at, even if he had to wait another season, he's not. He's going to get a move to a big club, and he's got that time in the bank in his career. So. I mean, for me, I suspect that he'll probably stay at Dortmund this summer. But if he was going to go anywhere, I, I would expect Man United to try and revive that bid because I'd be surprised if they didn't want not want him again. I think, obviously, as you said, Dan, they've got Greenwood and stuff. They have got Rashford, but I think they, yeah. they, I think those, I think they're better centre forwards. I think they miss someone who's like an out and out winger. So possibly, yeah. possibly, I think he fits that bill. But then for United, I I think that they they main they need a goal scorer more than they need an out and out winger. They need again similar to us. They need like someone that can put the ball in the net, 15, 20 goals a season. But I mean, we'll have we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, that brings the questions to an end. So thanks for sending those in, George. Anything to wrap up with? Yeah, well, as I've started to do, starting with um, the guests yesterday, I wanted to introduce basically questions to all our guests, which will start with um, Dan, your your favourite uh, Chelsea player. Uh, of all time and also your favourite football memory both club and internationally so it doesn't have to be Chelsea but um, those two questions wow. for you Dan um, bit of on the spot there wow <laughs> yeah yeah favourite Take player ever would have to be it has to be Didier Drogba it has to be as the man what he's done for his country how, you know how he how he conducts himself what, he's just a, I love Terry I love Lampard I love the 
the obvious ones, you know, Zola and Imateo, who made my life really happy when I was younger. But Drogba, just as a man, a human and, and an absolute leg- legendary striker, has to be Drogba. And pro- the best moment? Uh, wow. Any football. Any football. Yeah, it could be your first time at Stamford Bridge. It could be a particular goal that just drew your, you know, light to it. It could be a, a match. It could be anything. Ooh, that's, uh, Munich. Do you know what? That, that, yeah. Uh, if it's a Chelsea thing, it, it's definitely Munich. I was in a pub in Glasgow. Uh, we were playing a gig and it was full of Tottenham fans. I was the only Chelsea fan in there. And I <laughs> lost my rag with all of them because... Why I don't understand why they're supporting a German team. You know that the hate can't be that bad. You know, like I mean, I guess Ch- I don't know. I was just it was just like an English thing where I was like, and I was smashing bottles and everyone was getting round. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I was with people that don't watch football. You know, they were all musicians, so I'm just like, come, there's this game going on, and yeah, but. Away from Chelsea, it has to be the Watford thing when they they saved the penalty, went up the other end, scored the oh, goal. Yeah. The magic of that Very was fun. like, yeah, amazing. That is a great one. Well, cheers for that, Dan. Um, as always, just thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate. It. I know that you're you're a busy man, so we really appreciate you having oh, on the pleasure. podcast. Um, and, yeah. and I hope we uh, we're cheering at the end of May. Do you know what I mean? Um, Come let's on, have boys. a beer. Let's have a beer to celebrate. <laughs> cheers to the Chelsea. yeah other yes. than that thank you for everyone who's listened in um this this episode will drop in a few days time obviously you'll be listening to it uh from then but um from myself from dan and charlie uh, a big thank you as always and please leave your reviews keep liking the content we're growing steadily and surely but um yeah let's hope that may 29th brings it home boys kings of europe how about that yeah we'll take it we'll definitely take it thanks a lot lads appreciate it